I, it's one of those places. And I know, God, the food scene in Edmonton has absolutely exploded. And Unreal. I probably, yep. um, like many people, you sort of get confined, not because you don't want to try other stuff, but you just end up going back to you right. know, stuff right. you know. But that's the one I, I really like to go to. Hi, everyone. I'm Rob Lullisher with Yeg Me, the podcast. Every week, we'll be chatting with some great people in Edmonton. It's our chance to learn a bit more about them and have them share some of their Yeg-centric stories. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and thank you for joining us. Hi, everyone. It's Rob Lullisher with the Yeg Me podcast. Thanks for joining us again for another week. We've got a great guest here today. We've got a very good old... <laughs> On the inside, not on the outside. He's a sharp-looking dude. My friend Dave Jameson. How are you today, Dave? I'm wonderful, Rob. It's good to be here. It's good to see you again in a different kind of way. I mean, Very you different and, way. You and I haven't shared a microphone before. We've shared drinks. We've shared coffee. We've shared but uh, and laughs, but not not like this. This is cool. <laughs> well, it was long overdue, and yeah. so uh, you know that was we'll call that benefit number seventeen of uh, starting a <laughs> podcast that uh, we get to check that off our list. Uh, Dave, uh, you know, we, we started this podcast, uh, a good chance to sit down with folks in the community who, who are doing different things, different places. You, you've had such a, an interesting career, many different chapters so far, and, and some really exciting ones. Why don't you tell us a bit about what, uh, uh, actually, let's go way back. Like, okay. tell, tell us about uh, growing up in, uh, around right. town and, and uh, how that come to be. Okay. Uh, well, how it came to be. We, uh, we know the first chapter. Uh, well, there. I am the youngest of four, now three children. My father was a major in the Army, and he was the son of a major general. I was born here in Edmonton while well, my uh, father was stationed in Edmonton, but we moved uh, Winnipeg and then to Vancouver. I lived 31 years in Vancouver. That's really home for me where I call okay. it because we moved when okay. I was a, a baby. Um, and so, thanks for joining us here on uh, the exa- Exactly, exactly. But, we'll but, call you when the, what is it, the y, YVR uh, <laughs> podcast starts? But Edmonton Roots, obviously. Yes, uh, and then uh, lived in Vancouver but moved back to become the program director of 630 Ched when it was just starting as a news talk station. Came out from CKNW where I'd worked for a number of years in Vancouver. Uh, I was a news guy out there. I, I morphed sort of by luck uh, into doing sports, but I'd worked in television as a writer. Um, I had... Uh, and did, I really, you, did you go yeah. to school? Yes, I did. To, yeah, okay. I, I first went to uh, what is now Vancouver College, I believe, but Langara is what we knew it, UBC, where I got a degree. Um, then I went to BCIT. Uh, I worked in a four-month trip to, you know, backpack, did the obligatory, but I did Egypt and Greece and all over Europe and so on and so forth. Um, And then went to BCIT, but I left, I I completed the program, got the two-year diploma, but I didn't stay. I I did a year and a bit because then I went to work for Expo 86. Okay. Okay. And, And I produced three daily radio features, which we uh, you talk about bootstrap. It was very, um, even though it was the World's Fair and it was an amazing experience, uh, I did three features a day on various things at the World's Fair, which okay. was, and, and all, those all were for then, radio all and, for radio yep. and for out of market. So they would be, you know, a station in Singapore would air a feature of mine, right? And so um, that was really cool. That was a oh, great six months experience, great experience. And I got to, you know, um, I drove NBC, um, yeah, NBC or CBS news anchor Ted Koppel around. I mean, you could go and see like one night Miles Davis would be playing just outside your office wow. on the expo site. Anyhow, um, so, you know, fast forward to uh, my time in, you know, I worked in television, radio in Vancouver. 
and then came to Edmonton to be the program director of CHED and, and three and a half years after that ended up going to the Eskimos where I was uh, first the director of communications and marketing and then the vice president of uh, communications and broadcast. Yeah. Essentially the same job, just had a chance to get new business cards, but um, was there and um, after that did one season with the Edmonton Rush lacrosse team that's now gone on to great success in Saskatoon yes and then had an opportunity my late friend the Pat Pat Cardinal called me up and he said listen we're uh, changing the we're going to a new ownership and we're flipping team 1260 and what it was known to TSN 1260 and we need to uh, fill uh, a, talk, a, a talk show, radio talk show, sports talk show. And would you be interested? I know you haven't done it in a long time. I went in, I auditioned, I kept on, you know, they, you have to go through the process. They've got to post the job and yeah. um, they seem to like me enough or not hate me. And there, there I am. It's five years and change that I've been at TSN. That is awesome. Yeah, take, so. take, take me back to the, to the Eskimo days okay. and, and, you know, community owned club. That's at the center of a lot of people's, uh, you know, great memories growing up. Share, share with a, us a story or two uh, that, that just really <laughs> resonates with you during, during well, the time with the Esks. I get, I mean, I've got 14 years of memories, and my job involved um, the, the marketing of the team and working on ad campaigns and, and, and all of that good stuff and the ticket stock. And, yes, those magnetic schedules everyone loved. That was, yep. I didn't, I, that was me. Anyhow, but the other part of my job was I traveled with the team. I was with the players every single day. I, I, I've never heard someone lay claim to, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the magnetic oh, fridge I'm the, guy. I'm the magnetic <laughs> fridge schedule guy. Yes, I did, I did a podcast, and somebody said, man, we miss those. I'm like, God, I, I, thanks for noticing. That was me. Yeah. Um, but I, so anyhow, I lived in kind of two. I was yeah. on the business side of the operation, and then I was very much on the football side. So, I, I mean, I'll give you, I'll try and edit this story for brevity so you don't have to chop too much of it. But, uh, I mean, obviously there's, you're there for Grey Cups victories. Yep. Um, we hosted no 2 didn't win the game. Next year went to Regina, won the Grey Cup, and that had been the first one in 10 years. And then two years later in 2005, we won that memorable overtime game in Vancouver, which is still kind of one of the iconic games. Uh, I was at that one. You yeah, were, certainly it was were. Good. Um, and, I was and, at 03. Do you remember who I was in 03? Uh were you a mascot of some description? Were that you may be correct. <laughs> I am one and O as Nanook. That's right. You were the polar the bear, Cup. right? So, <laughs> uh, all of that. Um, but you know, there's that, and and you're you have a front row seat for success, and uh, a front row seat for disappointment. I was there when the team failed to make the playoffs for the first time in 34 years, and that stung, and that was a source of pride for the team. But there were a couple of stories that happened during my time. So um, I get a call one Sunday night from one of our coaches, and he says, um, and this is, you know, we don't have great connectivity. Yeah, we've got cell phones, but flip phones. And we're talking like 2001, maybe 2002. And he says, you better get down to the um, place where a lot of our players were living, which is a, a place close to the ballpark, baseball diamond, yep. down, down by Tellus Field, as it's known or was known then. Um, because there has been a fire, an explosion, and and yep. so I get, drive across town, get downtown to find a bunch of our players out front with police and fire, and there's been a really tragic, someone was killed in this explosion. Well, it turns out our players had, um, they 
got out of the building and there was a woman trapped, I think five floors up. And so our guys, and there was Winston October and Bruce Beaton and Sheldon Benoit and Raheem Abdullah and Ron Williams, they formed a human basket and caught the woman as she jumped from the burning suite. So it became, based on the coverage um, in the in the paper when they had papers uh, and and uh, still and, do and still do yes uh, and and newscasts <laughs> so it became a national story and then an international one because CNN called me and they wanted to interview a couple of the players yep. and so they went on on CNN with Connie Chung Oh, wow. And and it was a huge deal, as you can imagine, yep. right? And they were hailed as heroes and so on and so forth. So there's so not, that. not even a blanket. Like, this was no, just uh, no, no. arms stretched if, out. If you and, saw and Bruce Beaton and Raheem Abdullah, they could catch pretty much anything they were going to get the, out of. The Bruce Beaton story I have as Nanook at the 03 Grey Cup, <laughs> I was standing on the field as the team came on. I gave one high five, and that was to Bruce Beaton. He almost took my arm off, <laughs> yes. and that was the one and only <laughs> high five I gave that uh, thing. Um, so it, you're on it, CNN. It, so, so they were on CNN, and they did a wonderful job. And um, and the and the other story that really resonates for me, and I've got so many, It's and I'm really a bore at parties that people say, tell me a story from your time at the Eskimos. But the other one was... Alfred Payton, who was an outstanding player briefly for the Eskimos, and he was a 2002 outstanding defensive player, um, he got into an altercation with a gentleman at the downtown Boston Pizza. And um, by, say, altercation, he punched him. And after the guy allegedly drove over Alfred's foot. Anyhow, so I'm sitting in my office one day, and I see two police uh, go by. My, my office, and they're heading towards the head coach, uh, Tom Higgins' office. And I think, well, that's odd. I'm sure somebody is going to tell me, as the director of communications, what's going on. Well, that was my first mistake because um, Coach Higgins kept everything in-house. And by (laughs) in-house, I meant to himself. And so I passed, and we all went about our business. I saw the officers leave, and I thought, well, okay, well, maybe it's just a parking ticket or something. So we proceed, and we get to the Grey Cup in Edmonton, 2002. And the team is practicing. All the national media was here. It was a huge crowd, and they're all waiting on the practice field for the players to come off. My phone rings. Gentleman identifies himself as being with the Edmonton Police Service. And am I, are you Dave Jamison? Yes, I am. Uh, well, we're sorry to bother you. We know that you're getting ready for Grey Cup, but we need to inform you that one of your players appeared in court this morning. And I, 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 I says, pardon? In, 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 yep. in, in, in court this morning. He says, yes, Alfred Payton appeared in court this morning downtown. And I went, hmm, uh, may I ask the nature of the, of the, the charges or the, you know, before him? He goes, well, I, I can't really tell you that. All I'm telling you is that he appeared in court um, and, and I'm just advising you. And so I thank you for calling. I go out and I tell head coach Tom Higgins, I said, uh, coach, We've got a problem here. We have a player appeared in court without a lawyer this morning, representing himself. He's an American. He does not know the Canadian legal system. And I'm looking behind me at probably 75 to 100 media. How do you want to handle this one, as I'm about to put Alfred on the podium? Anyhow, fast forward through all of that. Alfred, um, we lose the game. He comes, drops his car off at, at the office, the Eskimo office, hands me all his Tupperware and things for his belongings, and he goes back to New Orleans. And he thinks whatever happened in court never happened, yeah. and the game was disappointing, but he's out of here, and I'll see you at training camp. And so he heads off and comes back day one of training camp. We're at old Concordia University College. <laughs> in he walks, and uh, all of a sudden... There's I, his greeting party. 
well, we're told then that uh, Alfred won't be able to stay in Canada. Uh, and if he is, we're going to have to try and get the case retried re on the grounds that he didn't, as an American, he didn't understand the charges. Right. Like he, he had not yeah. been given his. So anyhow, I had to go with Alfred Payton, who's a six foot six guy in my little uh, Toyota. Um, I used to have to load him in after practice and I would drive him personally to the lawyer and I would take notes while Alfred sat beside me and I would ask questions and Alfred would ask questions and then I had to take Alfred to court. And so the first day of the court, I show up, I'm in a blue suit, I'm looking like I think you should look for court and I meet Alfred downtown at one of the places he was staying. I show up, he is in a alligator shoes, um, billowing what I would call hammer time pants, heavy pleats, baggy, and a silk shirt. And I go, we're not clubbing. <laughs> Straight like, from the we're, club. We're, 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 we're going to court here. Yeah. You know what we're up to, Alfred. And he's like, ah, we, we're, we're good. We got it. I'm like, okay, we got it, do we? So we go into the court. We sit down, and I go, do not say anything. Don't goof around. Just eyes front. Well, I, <laughs> I look to my left, and he is making eyes at an attractive television reporter. And I'm like, not today. Like, not today. Do not give it the, hey, how you doing? Anyhow, so we, we, yeah, it's we got yeah, we, we got through that. But there's, I mean, the, the, I got lots of, and it's the personalities, frankly. I mean, you forget yeah. the games. I mean, other than the odd one, but it's the people. You know, you, the, you the, were at the absolute epicenter. Well, yeah, of, like you say, between between the players, the team, the coaches, mm -hmm. and and then the business side of the operations, yeah. and then and then throwing that nice little third party of the media and and and, uh, and the fans <laughs> yes. and. Yeah, yeah. There, there's poor Dave standing at the well, center of it. Yes. But you'd have it no other way. Well, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't. In fact, I, I don't even know if that kind of a role to that degree exists. And frankly, the players, um, our players are different now. I, I'd like to say they're better behaved. But, I mean, we had a few stabbings and we had a few, yep. you know, um, one guy, Donnie Brady, had his bike stolen. He chased the guy down and then beat him with the bike. And we're like, wow, Donnie, that, that's... Uh, well, I, I know you're from Baltimore, and we don't have guns here, so I guess, yeah, why don't you beat people with a bike, you know? It was, yeah. yeah. But those guys were a lot of fun. They made it a lot of fun. Probably that uh, social media awareness uh -huh. of today that uh, yes. it instantly broadcast uh, mm -hmm. out there. Well, uh, yeah, you had an awesome chapter with the Eskimos, and, and uh, so you dipped your toe into the lacrosse yeah. uh, uh, tub for a bit there, yeah, a year with the rush here mm -hmm. in town. Uh, what was your sense of lacrosse in Edmonton, and and it? I'll just say, it, you know, not not quite working out for the city. It well, you know, here's the thing: as I learned, and I grew up playing lacrosse in Vancouver, and played for many many years, and so and lacrosse is sort of deeply embedded in the West Coast sporting scene because it's been around forever. Um, and and while I went in with expectations and hopes I think like anybody who starts a new job I quickly realized that the Rush brand at the time had been fairly diminished right just because of lack of success and 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 any number of things anyhow um, I did what I could um, at the time and it didn't work out you know yeah. and and just uh, that's the way it, it ended it ended quickly but I'll tell you what you know a bad experience is not is a bad experience in name only. And if you don't extract some lessons learned from it, then I think you've missed out on an opportunity. And I, I learned a lot, and I made met some really interesting yep. people, very good people. Um, and the lacrosse community here, 
they care and they but they want it done right as you would imagine and they um you know and i've heard from people since that you know, they, they miss the professional lacrosse. Like, it helped grassroots lacrosse, right. obviously. Yeah, very much. You know, it, yeah. it, there, it was an impetus there. The pros are there. You can see the game. You're more inclined to maybe go out and try it. And, and so I think it's an absence, but it's got to be done right. See, it's, it's so interesting to me to, to learn that, you know, the rush goes to Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. And, and, gosh, like, in little Prairie Town, they're, they're drawing 12,000, 14,000 people for the games there and and they're loving it and and you know and you would know this better than i in a province they've got lacrosse but it's not it wasn't a robust grassroots program would not call it a popular game by any means and so a bit of an afterthought so what they've done there is really fantastic and 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 again i love the game of lacrosse and and so i'd like to see it succeed everywhere because i think it's really an underappreciated um offering on the sports landscape You know, and certainly for kids, and, you know, I'm not here to, you can figure out for yourself, um, you know, all of the good things about it, but I just think it's a really unique game and something that deserves a bigger audience. I think it has a chance of coming back to Edmonton, and, you know, yeah, we're, we're seeing I, a few I, well, different versions of soccer make yeah. its way through town. And, well, I, uh, I think if the Oilers do it, and, and their dance card's kind of full right now, trying very, to figure uh, out the hockey thing, yeah. right? Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> Stay how, in your lane. Yes. Um, but, you know, no, looking at the models elsewhere that you add another piece to the portfolio, right. but at a time when it works for the for OEG, but I would think they'd be the only people that could do it and you know you need the necessary horsepower of marketing yep. sales yep. and you know this Rob very well um, to be able to do it to take it on as a solo operator and try and yeah you know, build too, all of too that. much pressure on it's the one much. operation yeah yeah so you know you, you work hard every afternoon uh, chatting on the airwaves <laughs> to to maintain that energy you uh-huh. need to eat okay tell me what is what is that little hole in the wall restaurant local local uh, eatery that you love to go to? You know what I love going to, and I do it with my uh, my son who goes to school in Boston. Uh, when he comes home, and I'll go with my daughter uh, daughters uh, to the Moth, which is a, a vegetarian the uh, Moth the Moth. Okay, and, and it's a it's a small place. It's very cool. I, I it's sort of on the lip, if you will, of the quarters in downtown. Okay. Um, and I'm not. So what's that about like 95th street jasper ave ish yeah let's right, call it right around there sure by okay, the by the, the new the, hotel by, by the new hotel okay. so very close okay. to that and so you know i'm i'm not vegetarian and however i go in there and the the food the atmosphere i just i, I love it you know yeah. it's it's just a kind of place that i um it feels you know and it, it there's a sort of a west coast vibe which i okay. really like yep. and and i just i it's one of those places and i know god the food scene in edmonton has absolutely exploded and Unreal. i probably yep. um like many people you sort yep. of get confined not because you don't want to try other stuff but you just end up going back to you right. know, stuff right. you know but that's the one i i really like to go to so you think a, a meditarian could come check it out for, <laughs> I for think a day you could. and still, yes, still yes, enjoy yeah, the meal? Survive. Yes, you okay. would. Okay, yes. oh, I will definitely put that on my list. That that sounds great. So uh, tell us about, you, you know, the last five years. You've been mm-hmm. on the, the radio waves and, and uh, you know, you started in radio. You're back yep. in it. Obviously sports centric everything you do how's that going well it's 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 great and yeah. tsn 1216 bell media have been wonderful to me um in giving me the opportunity because i've been out of the on air for 18 years i mean it's uh and it's not exactly like riding a bike um, broadcasting 
is not just talking on the radio. There's, yeah. I, I always say to young kids, because we get a lot of um, young people coming through to do their practicum, you're performing. Don't forget you are performing on the radio. So, you know, there's, it's a little unnatural, but if you are want to work at it and you have some a requisite amount of talent, you can probably get pretty decent at it. Um, so I had to relearn some of that stuff, and, and I had to broaden my horizons in terms of um, sports knowledge. When I worked in football, um, I didn't spend a lot of time watching the National Football League. I mean, I was aware of it. I had to be, yep. but I didn't follow it closely. Um, I, I still play hockey, not well, but I, so I was always interested in, and would stay. Someone, sort of, someone's uh, got to open the gate for the other players. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, I, so I, you know, followed the national hockey league, but I didn't have to know the third pairing of the Nashville predators right. just to, to go about my life. Okay. Now I have to, to dive a little more deeply into the NHL, the NBA, um, which I'm fine with. It's not a hardship. It's yeah. just you've got to, if you're going to do anything in life, and certainly public facing, like, you know, sports yeah. talk radio, um, I don't believe you need to know everything, but you better at least have a willingness to try and get it right. And if you don't know everything, have people on that know more than you, which is right. what we obviously in my show I try to do and, and ask them, you know, good or, or, or great questions, yeah. but good will often do, um, and let them yeah. offer let them up the it. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's been a really good experience. Um, you know, I mean, where, where the path leads, I have no idea, but I'm having a lot of fun right now. Do you have a sense of, uh, you know, the the immediate future, well, you know, the five to ten year horizon of, of radio mm. and sports? What, wow. What's your sense of where it's going in that direction? Well, um, in terms of sports radio, uh, we it's been an interesting kind of time because we don't have on TSN 1260, we carry the Oil Kings games, but we don't have rights for the Oilers or the Eskimos. Um, but what I have learned uh, over the passage of time, not having the rights doesn't preclude you from A, talking about it, and B, having an audience. Right. And and it's the way you go about it and, and your credibility and your uh, talent and entertainment ability and so on and so forth. But I, I think, you know, I, I don't even know if I can get 10 years out in this industry, you know, right. uh, uh, given all of the th- change, yep. all of what's what's happening. I am, uh, you know, some people have dire predictions of media and radio. It's just going to be different. I it, think that, it's, that's, you know, challenges like even if we want to flip back to one of your other chapters, look at the future of sports, you oh. know, and, and we'll just call it, uh, I say, the entertainment dollar. And what, what's your sense of the future for sport, the challenges that they're facing? Well, look what we've come through. The, a new football league launched and died in eight weeks. I mean, the launch was longer than eight weeks, but the Alliance of American Football died after yeah. eight weeks. Um, we've got another new league coming on down south. Here we are, the Canadian Football League is what, 107 years old or something like that, or the Grey Cup? Um, I mean, it's it's you're going to have to be different, and you're going to have to, and already leagues are, they're embracing gambling, which, of course, as we know, if we're a certain age, was taboo, and, you know, never yeah. the twain shall yeah. meet. Now they're meeting. Yeah. Um, no one forgot uh, the White Sox. Uh, no, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's, um, and so everyone's looking for new revenue streams. Um, leagues are challenged by the in-home experience yep. that fans are getting, thanks to the, you know, the TSN of the world and the and rogers as well and we know the networks down south but you know if you look at network television sports is the only thing that's just kind of keeping the lights on you know because everything's gone to streaming and you know we know all of that story so 
um, I, I just I would say stay nimble and um, and be prepared. Be surprised if there isn't change. Yeah. How um, I don't want to call you a, a, an old school purist oh, no, to I mean, uh, the sport, but okay. how, how do you feel about electronic gaming like the the Oh, you know, like Vancouver Overwatch paid, and, yeah. uh, what was it? They paid $20 million just for their franchise, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it, Rob, it, it is, it, it's strange on a level to me, but I, it, one of the things, I also went back to school um, about four years ago. After my mom died, I gave, made a promise to myself, I'm going to go back, and even though I had a degree and a diploma and stuff, and I, so I went to McEwen University. Time to finish grade nine. Yes, exactly. Um, and so I was w enrolled at McEwen University, and I've just been sort of chipping away yeah. at a, a PR diploma, more out of just I wanted to stay current with my nice. skills and so on yeah. and so forth. Um, and, and what I learned out of that experience, because I was the oldest person in all of my classes is it doesn't matter what I think or what I did. I need to, on a personal level, appreciate that, that none of that really matters. It makes for a funny story occasionally, but it's, it's what is happening in the moment. Now, am I likely going to be taking part in the new Vancouver, you know, watching or consuming yeah. any of that? No, I'm not, but I'm respectful of the fact that, uh, a new generation has found that, and the things that resonated with me, a 57-year-old guy, don't apply. Yeah. Do you see a day where uh, you'll be reading the highlights of uh, <laughs> League of Legends, uh, well, the wins from last night? <laughs> well, if someone can explain it to me, I suppose I can read anything. But it, it's 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 just it it's neat to see something new. And when you talk about the the yeah. money involved here, it's real. Oh, it is it very is real. It is real. Yep. When the Mark Cubans of the world and yep. the people like that, and I think Robert Kraft is involved, the owner of the New England Patriots. And so there's a bunch of, you know, there's smart businessmen and, and businessmen and businesswomen involved in this thing. You go, okay, if they're not getting, if they're getting involved, then there's something there. Yep. So, so whether it's friends or family, they, their first time to Edmonton, Dave, where are you taking them? I would take the, them to, let me start, I'll go River Valley broadly, okay. but I would go Fort Edmonton because okay. Okay. it's so beautiful. You can get, once you're sort of inside the confines of Fort Edmonton, you forget you're in a city, or at least right. I do, very yep. quickly. Yep. And and I think they've done an amazing job, and I know they continue to evolve down there. Because the perception of Edmonton, you know, you're making the long drive in from the airport, you're kind of going, hmm, okay, when do we get to the, you know, the good stuff, right? I mean, there's a lot of road, and it's, it's a vast place. Like, people are saying, well, Edmonton can't be that big. It's massive. It's huge. The the space it, it, it consumes. But I think when you get to the River Valley Man, it's so like I'll like to get off onto the trails and and walk along right down by the river, and you can hear cars, and right. you can't see them. You right. know there's out there there's a hub of activity going on, but you can uh, you can lose yourself down there. And so to me, it's just got a great feeling within the city. That that would be my gem. What what's your favorite part at Fort Edmonton? Is it mm. in the fort itself, or or the uh, various uh, like the promenade, decade, the promenade, and and, and 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 the um, the the Ferris wheel, and 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 the restored horses are beautiful. You know, on yeah. the on the merry-go-round, like it's it's just the fact that that's still there and it still matters and it's still you know that to me that that yeah. speaks. I love the theater there. The oh, the it's Capitol gorgeous. Theater uh, it's, the, yeah. 
you know, the technology they put in there and, and some of the live play productions, uh, just, just next level stuff. It's, oh, yeah. it's been fantastic. You know, I asked you a bit about, you know, for media, looking ahead and, and sports. Let's just, you know, Edmonton-centric question. Mm-hmm. What What's some of the hopes you have for our community over, over the next 20 years? What would you like to see? Well, I, um, I also volunteer. I was the past chair of the Capital Care Foundation. I was a board member for five years. And I'm now currently sitting on the board of the Brain Care Center here in Edmonton, and I volunteer down at Operation Friendship Senior Center as a member of the Eskimo alumni, but I'm also, um, uh, I've become, you know, I, I involved and am seeing an upcoming event, a gala for them. Um, nice. I, I, what, I, uh, homelessness is, and I don't know if we'll ever eradicate it entirely. We're challenged here in Edmonton, like many places yeah. in, in the world. Um, you know, that would be how we look after um, those who are vulnerable and in need is to me a, a sign of the quality um, of a community yeah. and what are you doing to help those that need the most help um, I mean there's all sorts of things like transit and, and those are bricks and mortar stuff but for me it will always be um, what are we doing for the humans in in this equation yeah. right yeah. and and all the other stuff is very important and that goes towards livability and sustainability and all those things so I, that would be uh, I gravitate towards those sort of uh, people side. Yep. the people side um, so, you know, we, whatever we can continue to do to make life better for those who, you know, for any number of reasons, um, find themselves in, in need. Is that, uh, do you hope more, that's more the business community doing that? Or is that, is that government? What, uh, what do you think has to happen there? Well, it, it's a collective effort uh, to pass everything onto or off to government is, you know, certainly in 2019, I think is, is maybe naive. I mean, it's, uh, it's all hands on deck. Um, and I think this, this, this city has shown an ability and a willingness to try and do that yeah. and by marshalling its resources to, you know, whatever the problem may be. Um, uh, you know, look, as, as a parent of young adults and as someone who had a family member um, involved in drugs, I'm also, you know, there's a concern with obviously opioid addiction yeah. and, and, and all of the attendant problems that have gone on around that, um, that, that, I mean, you know, I'm not the first person to say it. Sadly, we're in a crisis in this country. And, and we, um, so that is something also that I'm, you know, I'm concerned with. And, and I, I hope more people feel that way. It's easy to sort of feel you're removed because, you know, maybe addiction isn't see you're not seeing it every single day, but it's right there, you know? Right. So, um, no, it's, uh, it, you know, to answer it again, it's it's people-centric stuff. Keep the conversation yeah, going on that. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, we, we talked a bit, uh, I had a question for you on the food side. And, okay. You know, we, we talked about what's the best place for a meatitarian to, to go to. <laughs> um, maybe not a food restaurant, but is there is there a little Edmonton local business that you wish more folks knew about and uh, that oh. you've had a good experience with? and Give them okay. a shout out. Well, yeah, I, I would actually. And there's so many really neat um, and, and, and very good local businesses. And because I've just recently got a pair of skates from them, I do want to, and they're not little, um, but United Sport and Cycle. Nice. Um, Kelly Hodgson and the group over there. Um, I've traveled in my time with the Eskimos and traveling just personally, been to a lot of sports stores in North America and certainly around Canada. 
And I don't know if I've ever seen a place quite like the United that you and I know, we know, the big store, the mothership. Uh, Now they've got a new one out in the West End. But it's just, it's anybody can sell you equipment. Anybody can do, you know, that sort of stuff. I just think that that's still a big, like it's a successful local business that has grown, it's evolved. But it's still, you walk in there, it's still, man, it feels like Edmonton. And, right. it fe- and, knowing, uh, and, and knowing the backstory yep. of, you know, yep. Ken Hitchcock having worked there and so many people that have, you know, not just guys that have gone on to NHL success or Olympic athletes, but just so how much good has come out of that store. Because if we're an active community, yep. are we not better? And I think a lot of that has come, you know, through United Sport and Cycle or, you know, um, somebody got a, you know, a kid got its first bike there. Like right. that's yeah. that that to me is a, is one of those businesses that I go. You know what? I will support you. You can get your picture taken with the giant yes. Stanley Cup out front. And <laughs> yes, yes. Nothing wrong with that. That's the only Stanley Cup you're going uh, uh, to see. And hopefully, to go there. hopefully, had... we change that really soon. <laughs> yes. Dave Jamison. Everyone can uh, every day in the afternoons they can Noon listen to, to you on uh, the TSN twelve sixty. Yep. Now, how else can they follow you? What are, at, what are your at Jame- social... At, J- uh, at Jameson1260 uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, I, I have an Instagram account. I don't know why, uh, because I, I'm just not one of those guys that say, God, you know, I've got a, I'm, I'm enjoying a really great bowl of soup. I'm going to take a picture of it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I don't use Twitter to in, in sort of give hot takes. It's more just sort of, you know, sly, ironic weird musings on some sports some other you know i'm, I'm I, angry at the world well, i shall yeah, take to twitter I, no that that isn't the game i play <laughs> uh because i haven't lost the old pr guy in me where i go right, right. as i type these words yeah. what are the implications and so i'm really and because i represent a brand and a national brand and bell media and tsn i i you know i don't want to yeah. you fire me for any number of things yeah. but not what i do on twitter there you go there you go <laughs> Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us on on Yegmi the podcast. It, it was uh, just a ride chatting with you about all the fun little things you've you've done, you're you're doing, and and I know you've you've left your mark on Edmonton, uh, and you will definitely continue to do so. Well, it's it's yep. been a real pleasure to uh, to again see you after all these years and and reconnect in in this kind of way and. You know, this is um, the stories we tell to each other and about ourselves. It, it, that that makes yeah. us better, brings this whole thing a, a little closer. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Good stuff. Have a great day. You too. Thanks again for joining us, folks. I'm Rob Lullisher, and this has been the Yeg Me Podcast. Be sure to visit our website, www.yeg.me, for more information on the show and some of our past podcasts. Also some fun Yeg swag you can check out. All kinds of good stuff on the yeg.me website. And we look forward to seeing you in future episodes.